This podcast uses explicit language and touches on subjects that might not be suitable for all listeners. Content warning is in the description. I'm so nervous. I'm just, I don't know. This is weird. We don't usually interact much. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we hate each other. Yeah, well, it's just hard for me to talk to you. Like, make eye contact with you. It's difficult. Because you broke my heart into a million little pieces with your latest little stunt. Right. Okay, so you're not talking about us as in, like, two people in a relationship. No, I am. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it's hard to, okay, so we've been operating in relationship mode, but now I'm back in player DM mode, and I can't believe that you would fucking do that to me. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, gotten some, gotten some backlash from various people for it, but, uh, this is... And I want to say thank you. Thank you for standing up for me. Yeah, (laughs) thank you everyone for standing up for... For Maribel in her time of need. Mm-hmm. No apology. No, I, I, I feel no need to apologize. Okay, well, just so you know, I'm out for blood. <laughs> well, this is keep, a great energy. Yeah, keep me. that in mind for the backstory. Yeah, okay. so forget all of that because we don't know that it happened. A hope, yeah, hope is blissfully unaware of all the bad things that she's learned in the last. Not, I guess not the last episode we uploaded, but the last episode of the main story. Yep. This is Roxborough 2099, bitch. No, no, 2999. 2299. This is Roxborough 2299, bitch. And we go. don't know shit. <laughs> we, we don't know, know anything. Nobody knows anything right now. We don't know anything about all the bad shit that's about to happen. So, you know, sit back, relax, get your popcorn, and just enjoy this moment of domestic bliss. It's true. And what a way to start with domestic bliss uh, at Ardo's. The, the restaurant? The restaurant. The extremely exclusive restaurant? The extremely exclusive restaurant uh, for context where you met with Marla at one point. In the episode, got a hollow rollo. That's it. In that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to the top of a building. It's a rooftop restaurant. Very nice. Elegant. Um, it's a prefix menu. We established this. Pre- we did establish it's a prefix menu. It's, you know, got an elegant music playing. It's nighttime, so you get the nice, beautiful lights of the city. And you were at dinner with Adrian, Marla, and the CFO, Luz. How do you spell that? Uh, L-O-O-Z. Okay. No. Yeah. All right. There's still time to change it. Nope. <laughs> Adrian is smoking his typical cigarettes, and Marla is drinking a heavy poured glass of red wine. Uh, Lou's, uh, he's kind of lame. He just has a glass of water, and you're, you're, no, you're eating your prefix mm-hmm. meal. Mm-hmm. Amalia is sipping on a cocktail. She's got, um, she's drinking a cucumber martini. A cucumber martini, mm-hmm. okay. It's refreshing. Refreshing, light, mm-hmm. vodka-driven, which mm-hmm, is... Mm-hmm. Uh, Vodka-forward. Vodka-forward, which is hope style. <laughs> and it's kind of quiet. Usually, Amalia fills these times with um, discussing work-related things, I imagine. Just trying to... So, um, what projects are you all working on right now? I'm he's definitely keeping you busy. Adrian and Marla do remain silent, but Lou speaks. He says, well, right now we're discussing... Uh, trying to work out the finances of Barmelia. It's still kind of a complicated mess, you know, the whole purchase, but just some some projects like that, you know, Mm. um, Mm. we're entering into some joint partnerships and, and as he's talking, Adrian just clears his throat loudly. 
and continues to kind of not really not really speak just clears his throat and a silence falls on your table and honestly for the remainder of dinner it's pretty quiet oh well um I definitely appreciate your help there. I know this Barmelia situation is tricky business, but I um, I can't think of a better team to mitigate that situation. The company is in good hands, and she raises her glass for a cheers. Go roll a uh, persuasion check and see if uh, everyone else kind of reciprocates. That would be so fucking embarrassing. Hold on. It's going to be a 22. 22. Yeah. They all... All of them raise their glass. Uh, Adrian sets his cigarette down, kind of on the edge of the ashtray. It's at the table. Mm-hmm. You all cheers. And Adrian says, we've come a long way, all of us, in this conquest to take Aegis to another higher place. And I'm so proud of you. Of all of you, we should be proud. Uh, he gives you a slight smile and continues eating. Nice. Uh, and as you're all leaving the restaurant, Adrian has you wait by the door, um, and he goes to fetch the valet for your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marla has already left, and Luz is standing next to you, and he says, You know, uh, I think my wife, Sandra, she's wanting to get the book club together. Oh, that would be lovely. How is Sandra doing? I'm, I totally forgot to ask at dinner. Is she all right? Oh, yeah. She's doing great. I uh, I was, you know, she was just a little little heartbroken. At, we're, we're going to uh, Shadowfell next, next week, and, you know, it's going to be kind of a, you know, it's not a fun time. And this is news to you. You and Sandra are going to Shadowfell? No, like we, the, all, like, you know, Adrian, Marla, me, some of the other... E- oh, exact. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, it is—it's hard. Um, I would love to see her. We should. Um, no, that. Mm-hmm. You. Uh, he's gonna roll an insight check into you. You knew about Shadowfell, right? Like. I, well, um, you know how busy Adrian is, and honestly, it probably it could have slipped my mind that he told me or it slipped his mind to tell me but it's all right well it'll be fine um i'll make sure i'll make sure to reach out to your wife and and um you know keep her company i'll look after her while you guys are gone all right well yeah yeah good good um his car pulls up as does with uh adrian comes up and gestures to your car as well which has come up uh, he opens the door for you, and as you get in, uh, he shakes Luz's hands, and Luz gets in his car, and Adrian, you're getting in the backseat, you're being chauffeured, mm-hmm. Adrian gets in on the other side. Yeah, he just sits and looks out the window. Uh, Amalia puts her hand on the middle seat to try to see if he'll, kind of indicating that she'd like to hold his hand, but not, like, asking for his hand. Yeah, um... He lays his hand down kind of next to, like, halfway on your hand. Mm. Um, So they drive in silence for a while, and she just kind of thinks about this, and she's looking at him. And finally she speaks up, and she says, "Um, Luz's wife is a little nervous about you all going to Shadowfell. They 
want to get together for another book club soon, I think it would be good for me to be there for her. Yeah, that should probably work out for you. I think that should be a fun time. When are you leaving? Next week. How long have you known? About a month now. And when were you planning on telling me? Honestly, I thought I had, but I guess it slipped my mind. Hmm. Well, you're very busy. Yeah. How long will you be gone? Again, uh, about a week. And so it's you and Luz and Marla. And a few others. Where will you be? We're going to a military base to talk to the Mineland government about Mm. some supplies that they need, showing us kind of the battlefield from afar so we can assess. I believe they are wanting some more tanks, specifically. Mm. Okay. Drive on home, and I'm sure have kind of a awkward rest of the night. It's not awkward so much as it is just separate. Oh, Amalia gets out of the car. She doesn't wait for Adrian to open the door. She gets out of the car, goes up to the apartment, um, immediately gets in the shower, and then when she comes back out, she pours herself a glass of wine. And if he doesn't interact with her, she doesn't interact with him. Yeah, he kind of stays to himself as well. He Notice he actually goes to his office and spends his night working. By the time you're about to go, about to fall asleep, is when he comes to bed silently. I'm guessing that this is typical, whether or not they had had that conversation. Kind of, yeah. It's just because it's just a, a little more, little more tense than usual. But all right, and then uh, I'll say about a week has passed since then. Okay, so he's about to leave, or he left. He's gone. Okay. Uh, he a week has passed since he left. Oh, okay. It's so about, he should be coming home soon. Yes. And it is kind of nearing that point where it's like, when is he going to be back? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's not the due to the time warping that happens in Shadowfell. It's not uncommon. What is, is it Susan? Sandra. Sandra. Um, Over the last day or so, I mean, she has seen Sandra, but she um, went and got her hair done. She went and got touched up with her cosmetologist. She's also like kind of a cybernetics. Like a mechanic. Yeah, basically. Um, she's been doing some self-care to get herself, you know, looking extra good. Um, and she has called up Sandra a couple times the last day or so, seeing if she knew anything about when they were going to get back. Sandra has indicated that she hasn't heard anything from Luz at all. Um, which is typical. You won't hear anything out of Shadowfell mm-hmm, just because, mm-hmm. you know, a whole different dimension. But... Um, she didn't seem too worried by it. Okay. Uh, but in general, like, how, how, what does Amalia do to fill her time? Um, she does a lot of yoga out on their, they have like a sun deck with their pool and everything. She does a lot of yoga. So they're in a penthouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the apartment that we had. I mean, it's probably nicer than the apartment that we had, but it's got a big pool and like a sun deck thing. Um, she does yoga out there. She tans. She drinks a lot. She has that book club with Sandra. Mostly she just lounges around the house. She just, you know, everything's clean. She doesn't have to do anything. She just... Chills. Chills. Keeps her body in top condition. Works, works and, on her book. Oh, yeah. Works on her memoir. Um, She already released her first 
memoir, The Girl Behind the Goop. And then I think her new one, the working title is... The Goop Behind the Girl. <laughs> I was going to say something different. <laughs> <laughs> but now all I can think is The Goop Behind the Girl. So she's working on that. Um, she's working with she's working with her ghostwriter right. on that because she doesn't she doesn't sit there and write. She no. just tells. She takes someone, notes and like she dictates. I I have this idea that needs to go in there somehow, and then lets the ghostwriter do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. She's basically just in, talking someone's ear off about her random. She needs a therapist, thoughts. but she's got a ghostwriter. Yeah. Kind of like Bojack Horseman, if you think about it. Yeah, Amalia and Bojack are essentially the same person. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that night, you're just kind of doing your thing. What do you make dinner for yourself, or? Uh, she has. They have a a chef. Okay. So they have a, a chef, private chef. A chef yeah. makes a dinner for her. Um, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. she sets the table. Like the table is set, and she's dressed. She sits at the head of the table alone. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's a really, really ominous vibe. Yeah. She While, considers calling her mother and then doesn't. Right. <laughs> While you're sitting there, I'll say the chef is probably gone by now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a buzz at your, uh, like, the My intercom. Heads up display. The, the intercom. Oh, oh, the intercom. She says, how could that be? <laughs> she removes the napkin from her lap. And delicately strolls over to like she's not concerned. She's just like going to check it out. So you the intercom isn't just an intercom; it has a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you check, you see this bigger, stauncher man, the um, receding hairline. He's older, and a, a floral shirt, just kind of strange. Not like a Hawaiian shirt. It's like a button-up shirt with a kind of a floral pattern. Mm-hmm. Big dark overcoat and metallic arms. You're not coming into my house. <laughs> and he he says, Amalia, are you up there? I need to speak with you. Um, she texts, do they have like a security desk? Sure, of or course. Or something. She doesn't answer. She just buzzes the security desk. And she's like, hey, um, can you deal with this guy? I don't know him. So your security. Wait, do I know him? Um, you don't recognize him immediately. You do buzz security and they kind of indicate back. Your, your security is Aegis. Mm-hmm. Um, they indicate back. They're like, are he, this is one of our trusted employees. Is, um, is there a particular reason you need him removed or? I don't need him removed. I just don't know who he is. Could you... Could you get him to show some identification, please? You see briefly uh, a mercenary walks up and whispers, or just not even whispers, tells him something. And he leans in and he says, Amalia, I'm Dorian. I'm sure you've heard about me. You do a history check. She's just battling against a lot of, <laughs> of Vicodin. <laughs> like a Vicodin still a thing. I don't know. It's whatever not even a thing the, nowadays. Whatever the the housewife drug of cyberpunk is. Uh, that is going to be a 23. 23. You've heard of a Dorian before. Like, there's there's someone who works at Aegis named Dorian who's been discussed before. That's all you can tell me with a 23? Mm-hmm. Jeez. All right. Um, she responds back. She says, all right, but uh, fine. I'm buzzing you up. Uh, you get a private message that you kind of see in your little... 
display, display, heads up display that says we'll keep an eye on him through cameras. Okay, cool. She just responds, thank you. Uh, and eventually he gets up there. Uh, She's waiting there with her arms crossed. So he's not like welcome into like the bulk of the home. She's just kind of like waiting in the receiving area. When he gets up there, he looks a, he looks even more strange. So you now can see more accurately. His eyes were kind of darkened, but they're not actually darkened. They are two circular, like the glass part of eyes. No bridge across the nose, no stems that run back. They're just resting like monocles. Like Dr. Robotnik? Kind of like Dr. Robotnik okay. um, over his eyes. And they're really small. They're Dope. about the size of his eyes themselves. Okay. Um, but overall, he kind of looks a little disheveled. How, what can I help you with? First, uh, he holds out his hand to shake. I don't think we've met before in person. She, she shakes his hand. Uh, again, that big metal arm. Uh, hand just kind of wraps around yours. Roll a perception check. Ooh, that was not good. That was a six. Okay. You don't notice anything uh, in particular. Okay. Uh, he says, I think it's wise we uh, sit down to discuss this. Um, all, all right. Is, is everything okay? Um, and he just kind of walks without responding. I guess she follows him into her home. Yeah, he sits uh, on the couch. She sits on like a different, like, there's probably like a love seat or something. She sits away from him. Just another couch across mm -hmm, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, Amalia, I don't think that there's anything, any reason to not uh, go ahead and explain what we know. Uh, of course, I I I'm I work for Aegis. My Full name, Dorian Zeliot. I, uh, Adrian has gone missing. We can't find him wherever he is. And I, I just felt like I should tell you personally before it comes from higher ups. What do you mean missing? We can't get in contact with him whatsoever on the Shadowfell side. And... It's likely he was captured by Shadowfell forces, but we don't know for certain. There's nothing to indicate he was. He could have just wandered off on his own. But you've... So, just him. Not anyone else he was with. Just Adrian. Of course, I don't want to tell you one thing or another has happened, but it's going to essentially just be that. He is the most important man in this company. Possibly one of the most important men in the city, and you don't know where he is? And who the fuck are you to come and tell me that? I... What, is this some kind of sick joke? I am one of the few people who's been trusted with this information, who was willing to come tell you. There's no plans whatsoever to explain to you what has happened, so I wanted to make sure you knew. Is there at least a plan to find him? What are you doing? There is a plan to find him, but it's going to take time to get it rolling, since we have a dimensional barrier between us. It is likely that just in the time it took for them to tell us that he's missing, that they have found him. So I think for now, we just need to work out, play this by ear, and we'll, I'll keep in contact with you going forward. What do you do for Aegis? I, I don't know you from Adam. Bladam. And <laughs> <laughs> Bladam. I have no reason to trust what you're saying is true. You could just be doing this to fuck with me. Well, 
if you need my identification, I have it right here. And he pulls out like a work ID um, and it has his name and a picture of him. And the title on it just says cybernetics development. Doesn't okay. even say the official position. It's like, uh, that is everything about me, I guess. I'm not a higher up. I work for Marla specifically. She's my next higher up. And have you heard from her? No, I have not. But we have been able to prove that she is not missing. We haven't been able, we haven't heard from any of the executives. They're not through the dimensional barrier yet. They are the first ones to have known that Adrian was missing. Just them as a unit. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. But I haven't heard from Marla specifically yet. No. Well, if, if this is true, thank you for telling me. And I am. Just tell me. Tell me if anything changes. I mean, there's more. There's more to this. The 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 big reason I came to tell you, Aegis is known to report missing executives as dead, even though they might not be. What are you saying? It is likely they will come to you and say he is dead. It doesn't mean it's true. They just they rule it out quickly because we are we develop arms and lots of soldiers go missing and then turn up dead it's become a po- it's a company policy it is unlikely that that is the actual circumstance going to stop looking for possibly but i will not stop looking for him if it comes to this you need to get out of dodge what do you mean they will come to take everything you have what? including your cybernetics what no they what are you take my cybernetics because my husband disappeared they can't do that this belongs to us all everything you own belongs to Aegis what no that can't be right it belongs to Adrian and me I'm his wife if they declare him dead then everything he owns belongs to me not necessarily just take what you can what you can carry and go you just want me to leave everything that I have because you're saying that my husband is dead and you're saying that they're coming to get me? How do I know that you're not trying to rob me blind? I don't know if he's dead and I will leave with you and I will not have access to inside this this penthouse. If I'm lying to you, you'll figure it out. You'll be able to come back to the penthouse and everything will be where it is. Can I make an insight check to see if he has my best interest at heart? Yes. Only got a seven. It is hard to tell what his motives are. Well, it's technically a nine, but still. Still. I I don't... You just need to trust me. I've seen what happens in these situations before. It's not... He should have some kind of life insurance, right? He wouldn't just leave. He wouldn't have that possibility if he knew where he was going is dangerous. He would want to protect me. Yes. They should want to protect me. But... The life insurance, all of this is just going to be one giant legal battle. And if it's easier for Aegis to just get rid of you, they will. You need to trust me. I will stay in contact with you and I will walk you through this. How long do I have? I would leave tonight. Where where, where would I go? I can point you in some directions, areas that they wouldn't look. But they're going to keep, they're going to chase me down. Not for long, probably, maybe. But you no. They think they own the cybernetics in my body. 
and you truly believe if they find me, they will make me submit to surgery and take those parts of my body away from me. I do. Um, okay. I'll go. I can't take that risk. Here's, he pings you some coordinates. This is uh, a lodge, a little motel. Just stay there, and I'll get in contact with you when it's safe. Okay. I'm sorry. This is all sudden, but it's sudden for us too, I guess. Either I will thank you when this is over, or you will never see anything outside of the inside of a cell, if you're wrong. Fair enough. And she goes to pack her bags. So you end up packing up just essentially clothing, some essentials. Uh, and a while has passed. Once again, maybe another week. You've been staying in this lodge, and it's in a shady part of town. It is. I will say she didn't take anything valuable because she thought the less valuable things she had with her, the less likely they would be to pursue her. So she left her ring. She left everything except, like, clothes and, like, the lowest value things she could find. Sure. And her skincare because she did take her skincare stuff. Right. Gotta have your skincare stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've just been... Because she is vain, but also she's highly intelligent. Yeah. This motel's shady and run down, very dirty, not a fun place to be. She's sunglasses. She went down to, like, the corner store and did buy, like, hoodies, sweatpants. Just the stereotypical. Yeah, like, she bought, took out some money, not enough to make it suspicious, obviously. She had a little bit of money. She bought clothes, um, bottles of alcohol. She just expected to hole up in a hotel room for like a week until this blows over. And I'm assuming you've been pretty paranoid the whole time too. I mean, paranoid, but also just like in denial. Like, this is dumb. I'm just camping out here. So she's just getting really drunk and watching TV. And yeah, you kind of. The longer it goes on, the more she's like, "This was stupid." He's probably wondering where the hell I am. The TV's already abuzz with like kind of speculative news like, oh, where's Adrian? You know, blah, 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 stuff Did like that. Did the others come back? The others have come back. He's the After only- that, she just started drinking a lot more. Yeah. While you're trying to sleep that night, there's all this like thumping and loud noises in the room next to you. And this isn't the first time you've heard this, but because you've been drinking more heavily... It's kind of driving you insane more. She did buy a gun. That's where she got her revolver and her pistol. Right, right. This noise just continues. It's keeping you awake. She's hanging on. She's like holding the gun, just like sitting on her bed. Again, it's the it's the wall, not yeah, the door. Yeah, but still, she's... At this point, now that they've come back, she's like starting to I mean, get really again, waked it, out. Nothing happens still. to you, but that just continues all night. Mm-hmm. You just spend the night. I think the night that... They come back and Adrian doesn't is when she stops really sleeping. So you just go through She's it? She's just waiting by the phone or waiting by like facing the door with her gun, Geltry style, <laughs> waiting by the phone, waiting for a word from Dorian or Adrian or for them to come hunt her down. You've got nothing. No one has come looking for you. No phone has rung. Just this noise next door. Finally, after days of not sleeping, the noise is still going on. She takes her fist and she 
bangs on the wall next to her and she says, shut the fuck up. After a few, it quiets immediately. And, and then out- as soon as she realizes what she's done, she runs to the door to make sure all of the bolts are closed. Like she's definitely double locked it, but she's as like double checking the locks. As you're checking the locks, you're like, okay, they're all good. You hear her just a loud boom, boom, boom on the door. Looks through the people. <laughs> you see a bunch of um, gangsters. She does not open the door. I think um, she takes her, she grabs her revolver and her other gun and she goes in the bathroom and locks it. Well, you, you do hear from outside uh, a, a feminine voice saying, why are we, why are, this is exactly how you draw them to your location. If they, if someone figures out what's going on and one of them's like, yeah, but we don't know what they know. We don't know who's in there. And they just kind of bake her back and forth. At first, I thought she was talking to me. No. So once I hear them arguing back and forth, I'd peer outside again just so I could like try to ID them. You see this. Um, she actually starts writing in her like basically notes app, like a black box. She's like writing out descriptions of these people in case some violence befalls her. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, the feminine voice you attributed to this taller drow woman. And she's like. Look, we can just continue with what we're doing. I don't think whoever's here is going to bother us. It would be really... I mean, if they bother us, it'd be very different. But I think just go back in there, finish the deal. I think... What kind of noises? Like, why are they... They were making noises for days? Were they, like, having sex? Or were they, like, no, violent? There's what like, was going on? There's, like, six people outside your... Well, yeah, but... You know, no, it was, like... Like, what kind of noises was it? Like, things... Uh, thudding on tables and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and a few of them shuffle off or all of them, except the woman and the woman just gently knocks on the door. What do you want? Just coming to make sure you're not a cop. If I was a cop, why would I be here banging on your walls? Good point. Do you mind if I come in? Yes. Like why? I'm, a, I'm a, uh, just to talk to you, not through a door. This seems dumb. <laughs> Probably, but I mean, it's more of a formality, I guess. I'm trying to apologize. She opens the door, but leaves the chain on so she can at least like look at her. But she's still holding onto her gun, like white knuckling the door handle, white knuckling her gun and just like. She sees you and she's like, yeah, you don't really look like a cop, huh? She's looks beat to shit. Like I said, hasn't slept in three days. Hair is freshly buzzed because she doesn't have like all of her cybernetics i'm guessing went offline yeah a couple of days ago so she doesn't have her glamour basically it was like projectors yeah so buzzed hair baggy bags under her eyes like looking bugged the fuck out you look like someone who'd be staying in the lodge the fuck does that mean like you look pretty run down down on your luck get to the point where you're apologizing me uh Sorry about all of our loud noise. It's probably going to keep going, so... What the fuck are you doing in there? Um... You could tell me, but then you'd have to kill me? Eh, I don't care as much. They might try and kill you, but I don't care. It's an arms deal. For three days? Well, different people come in and leave. It was actually, it was a drug deal, then it was an arms deal. This is just a point, a meeting point. If you were smart, you'd at least change rooms. Probably, but I'm not the one who sets it up. This guy, he he's kind of green about it all. You know what I mean? Like, physically? No, like, he's new. Oh. Our arms dealer. 
It's just like, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. Sure, I know how that is. Look, um... And she kind of looks like, obviously, I don't know how that is. To apologize, uh, she holds a little vial for the door. What is that? I don't know, nameless. Make whatever you're going through a little better. Drugs? Yeah. She snatches them. Um, also... Are these... Is there fentanyl in this? Because <laughs> you should probably tell me. If there's a fentanyl, a real-world drug in this high-fantasy drug? Well, is there is there something cut into spiked? this? Is this going to kill me? Because, just so you know, I'm recording this whole conversation. And if I die, they'll find it on my body. This is my personal stash. Prove I can it. do that one and give you another one if you want. Or Prove it. Split them in half and do one. You can't really... Here, just give me that. And she takes that one back. She opens it, snorts the mist, and gives you another one. And she's fine. Like she's this? She's kind of a relaxer, yeah. Just like plug one nostril and inhale with the other. How do I feel? Um, relaxed. Holy shit. That was really stupid. But thank you. And, uh, you do know. Do you hmm? want to come in? Yeah, it's better than standing out here. She lets her in because drugs. Right. <laughs> I haven't um, slept in like three days. That actually was, that feels incredible. Oh my God. And it looks like instead of sleeping, you were drinking. Well, what else am I supposed to do? I guess. Uh, how did, I guess I'm guessing you're running from something, but uh, I, don't need, I don't need the info. No, I'm just choosing to stay here for my health. If you want somewhere better to stay, I can offer you somewhere better to stay. In exchange for what? Uh, you'll work in my club just like that mm. you want me and she gestures to herself to work in your club well we'll give you some glam tech and like really make you shine but you don't need to you know but you'll have to it's more of a financial investment for myself i see a a young person it's mildly attractive who's down on their luck why thank you i the one thing i want to do is give you a job just like that you must have a lot of women in this club, because pretty much everyone in this town, from what I can tell, is mildly attractive and down on their luck. Eh, maybe. It's a big club. You don't have to do it. I'm just extending the offer. Mm. Um, of course, I can also give you more drugs through there. Well, is it above board? Eh, you... it can be as underboard as you'd like it to be, or as above board as you like it to be. How safe is it? It's pretty safe. Say We're... I was... I was running from something like you said. How likely would it be for somebody to find you there? It never happens. You make sure of that? I can. What if it's... What if the person looking for you is really motivated? I mean, I guess it's possible, but I don't know where else you'll go. You can hop town, go to Bad Town, Maldrum, Sedalia. Shit, you can go all the way to Barmelia, but you're not going to end up... At some point, they'll catch up to you, right? They'd find me anywhere. She's just kind of got a thousand yard stare now. They'd find me in Shadowfell if they could. I wouldn't go to an active war zone, but... Okay. Um, what? What's the place? It's called Taboo. I actually think I know some people who've been there before. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Great things, I've heard. <laughs> we got a so reputation. What? what would you have me do? Serve drinks or... No. Or be a prostitute. We'll interview you, make sure you're a good fit. I can't say this is a guaranteed job, but... Okay. When when, when can we go? I want to get out of here. This place sucks. Your uh, friends suck. Yeah, they do. 
yeah, and she takes you to Taboo, and you spend... We just get in her car? Yeah. Or her motors? Is she on her motorcycle? Can I ride on the back of her motorcycle? Uh, she has a car. Okay. Um, and she drives you to Taboo, and you spend the next... The few... whole time she's like, this is so stupid. <laughs> this is like a really dumb thing to do. You spend the next few days kind of getting accustomed to the life, learning, mm-hmm. training... Uh, but one day while you're she working... She does go by Hope. She hasn't told anyone her real name. Right. She has at least that much sense. Uh, one day you, while working, you read the news that Adrian's wake has been announced. That day, she does not come out of her apartment for her usual time. And of course, you were not invited. Yeah. Does anyone notice that she's not coming to work? Uh, I'll say that you were messaged. She just, when she sees that, she just kind of shuts down. She sits on her bed, and it could be minutes or hours or days. She's just gone. After a while, there's a knock at your door, um, and you hear Matriarch's voice on the other side say, Hope, you in there? You OD? No. I don't think so. Can I come in? You own the place. This is true. And the door (laughs) opens. It is not a good situation in yeah. there. Uh, okay. This Probably is, doesn't smell great. This reminds me of when we first met. Um, what's up? Why aren't you down, you know, working? They're holding a wake for him, and I wasn't invited. Okay. For brother? My husband. Your husband? You weren't invited? Mm-mm. Bad relationship to the family? I won't push it. So you're just going to hole up in here? What else am I going to do? If I move, I know exactly where I'll go. Why not go? Could be dangerous. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not going to do something at a wake. There's a lot of people around. I could embarrass myself. I could embarrass him. That's likely. If you do something embarrassing. Don't get drunk. I'm already drunk. Okay. Well, sober up and then go. At least so you can say goodbye, because that's what's important, right? I don't know if I should say goodbye. Because what if I don't need to? Clearly, this situation is pretty complicated. If you want to go, then go for yourself. But if you don't want to go, then I guess don't go. It's not that I don't want to go. It's just complicated. Yeah. I'll give you the night off. I wasn't going to come. Sure. But I allow for this now. What would you do? I'd go. All I can assume is that your husband is actually dead. I don't really know what you meant by the, what if you don't have to say goodbye? I don't. Whatever. I don't. No. But if I was in your shoes, I would go. No one would keep me. That's just me. She gets dressed almost robotically. She takes a shower. She puts on simple clothes, you know, jeans, a dark sweater. She doesn't do her hair. Not like there's much to be done. Well, the matriarch said they have glam tech. She might have like a... No, she'll just wear her... Her cut hair. She uses her moisturizing cream, but she doesn't have any physical makeup. So she just, just kind of shows up. Mm-hmm. No one would suspect that. She calls a bloober and uh, she has her she has her kidney pouch. She pounds some more alcohol on the way there. But really just to keep herself numb enough to go. Not really that she'll be, you know, disruptive. So you get there. Um, big, big crowd. It's a big public event. 
um, bunch of executives give a little eulogy, a little speech, um, and it culminates with Marla, who you discover while you're there, was just made CEO. Okay. Does she give a speech? She does. She gives the longest kind of finale speech as the CEO. Um, but it's just general. Her speech is just kind of, it's it's simplistic, plain eulogy stuff. Adrian was a good man. You know, he was intelligent, helped Aegis get to where it is now, blah, blah, blah. Stuff that anyone could say about Adrian. Like she didn't even know him. Like she didn't even know him. Um, and the whole time she's just kind of had this solemn blank expression. How big is the crowd? Do you think she sees hope at any point? Probably. Hope is hope is daring her. She's like staring, been staring her down. Even when she was just sitting on the stage, she's been staring her down, daring her to make eye contact. Daring all of them, really. Um, it's too big of a crowd. Okay. Um, but near the end of it, you do notice Marla kind of goes off. There's like a ledge that overlooks just an area below. So it's like a higher, it's like a cliffside almost. And she goes and leans up on the on the ledge by herself. Like a railing over yeah. a cliff. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, without really thinking about it, just her feet start moving. And Hope kind of just pushes through the crowd, single-minded, towards Marla. Yeah, and you, uh, I'll say you get up right next to her. No security? None. She just stands kind of behind her, just like, waiting for her to turn around. She doesn't even know what to do or why she's standing there. She just walked over there. She doesn't know what she would say. She's stuck. Marla takes out a cigarette, smokes it, and starts coughing. And then says, I was hoping you were going to come. Could have invited me. Could have. I have a great eulogy written. Yeah. You're in charge now. Would have been decent. Yeah. You just... Plays by its own rules, that's for sure. She turns to face you. She says, I know this goes without saying, but are you okay? Are you serious? I'm doing a courtesy. Courtesy would be, let me have anything. You don't know what the last few weeks have been like. Your little lackey came to me before they announced him missing and said, take all of your stuff and run and Aegis will hunt you down. Nothing you have belongs to you. If you want to make this right, help me. I don't want to have to live like this and live without him. I don't know if I can. Bullshit. It's not, not my call to make. Then whose? If not you, who? Takes a drag from her cigarette. I I would have to see what I can do. I can't guarantee anything. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you're sorry. I don't... That's not... I didn't come here to beg. And I honestly don't care if you tell them I was here. You can keep hunting me down for all I care. She kind of opens herself up for a hug. She stands still. I want to promise you that we... I don't believe Adrian is dead. At this point, Hope starts crying. She comes in and kind of grabs you by your arms. And she puts her hand on your face to, you know, eye to eye and says, We will find him and we'll fix everything. Okay. Why would you tell me that? Just leave me alone. Don't give me hope. Just, if you can't help me out of this situation that I'm in now, then let me figure it out myself, but I can't live a halfway life. I can't take care of myself and rebuild when I'm still waiting around for the old life to come back. Marla, I don't know what happened in Shadowfell, and 
At this point, it really doesn't matter if he's alive or dead. Because we're acting like he's dead. And <laughs> if you can't even help me not sell myself to survive, then you can't help me find him. If you contact me again, just don't say that kind of shit to me. Just let me rebuild, if I'm going to rebuild. But I... I, I have to go. I have to get back to work. We'd like to take a moment to give a thanks to MoGrip for creating the Technomancer's textbook and Carl Casey at White Bat Audio, and our supporters. Without any of you, this wouldn't be possible. So if you like what we do and you want to see more, rate and review us on iTunes, or check out and maybe follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at Wizards in Pants. See you next Monday, Gene Heads! <laughs>